Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, March 30th. Coming up on the show today, we'll have your golden nuggets from the guys over at Club and Country covering Nashville SC. A very important question will be raised about the Nashville Predators, but we begin with Roger Goodell at the owners' meeting and a couple of big rule changes that fans need to be aware of in the NFL for 2022. This week, the 440 brought to you by the 8th annual J.E. Dunhammer Down 5K, all the money benefiting our kids. So come on out this weekend, April 2nd, Saturday morning. Stay in shape. Get yourself some fresh air. And, oh, by the way, help some of the kids of Middle Tennessee. That's hammerdown.raceroster.com. Hammerdown.raceroster.com. It's the J.E. Dunn Hammerdown Race, the 8th annual 5K, all of the money benefiting the Our Kids Foundation. Don Davenport's going to be out there emceeing. And, of course, the time on this show this week donated by the Kingston Group. Make sure you remember those folks as well. So hammerdown.raceroster.com is the website. We need runners, so come on out. Hammerdown.raceroster.com. Along with the overtime rule that we'll get to in a second, Roger Goodell made one big announcement on Tuesday that most fans probably aren't going to care a whole lot about, but it is going to affect your life in a huge way as a sports fan, and especially how we learn and how we tell stories about the Tennessee Titans. The locker rooms in 2022 will be open in the NFL this year. For the first time since COVID, they're not really open in any other sport, but the NFL's too big. They don't care. They don't care if you're in the locker room talking to players. And here's why it's such a big deal for you, the fans. If you want to hear the best possible stories, get the best possible insight, and understand your team in the best possible way, the most complete way, the most transparent way to understand how personalities work, leadership, scheme, relationships, how everything works, you have to have access as media to the locker room. You have to build personal relationships with players so that you can gain their trust, they can gain your trust, and then you can tell their story better to the fans. This is incredible news. We'll talk a lot more about it on Lamestream Sports this week with Steve Cavendish. But the bottom line is, this is critically important for you, the fans. If you want the best possible information about your team, the most accurate information, then the media has to be in the locker room, period. Plain and simple, it may not sound like a big deal to those of you who are just sports fans and and not in our stupid industry, but it is incredibly important for us that tell stories, that get to know these people, that try to convey those stories to you, the audience, the sports fan, to have access to the players is critically important. I hope that fans and that the stories we tell about the NFL next year are richer and more vibrant than ever before because of that type of access. Again, I know it's inside baseball, I know it's in the weeds, and I know it may not matter to you, but it will affect the way you consume content about your favorite teams, and you will be a better sports fan because of the decision made by the NFL on Tuesday. One of the more interesting and fascinating and impossible to solve football debates, college or pro, is overtime. The NFL announced on Tuesday that it will tweak its overtime rule in the postseason and allow both teams to touch the football in case one wins the toss and gets the ball and scores a touchdown, the game isn't over. So while I think it's an improvement, there's still lots of debate about how good the rule could be, both in the college game and the pro game. And I would argue that it's just almost impossible, especially in the regular season, for any sport, if you're not going to end in a draw the way soccer does, for any sport to have an equitable and accurate representation of regulation time in overtime. Hockey, you lose a player, then you go to shootouts. Major League Baseball adds a runner on second base, right, if you go into extra innings now. 
So there's really only basketball. Basketball is really the only sport in which the extra time, the overtime, is almost identical to that of a real game. So you have to sort of acknowledge that while we cannot find an accurate rule, we cannot find agreement between the NFL and the college game, even the college game just made tweaks last year, and that still led to a nine-overtime Penn State-Illinois game that set the record. So it's just a weird situation to to talk about extra time or overtime and, and make it represent regulation. So we just have to sort of understand that while we're in the middle of these debates and yelling about the overtime rule and is it equitable or is it the right thing to do? Everyone's got a different opinion about how they could do it. I mean, is, is first and goal on the 10-yard line with four chances and, and four downs to quote-unquote convert and get a touchdown or a first down? I, I don't know. That seems pretty accurate to me. I, I, there is no right or wrong answer to all of this, and I think that's the message today. The overtime rule in the NFL got better in the playoffs. There's no question about that, and we're never going to make everybody happy on this. So at least they, they took a positive step. But I think it's important to remember that once you get into these situations where games go really long, it, the games change across all sports. The, the rules change. It's just weird. It's a weird part of sports. UC Saros was amazing on Tuesday night in Nashville's 4-1 win over Ottawa. He made 36 saves and secured two huge points in the Western Conference playoff race. Roman Yossi did not score a point and finished the month of March with 28 total points, tied for third best all-time by a defenseman. Not third best all-time by a Predators defenseman or by a Predators player, but it is the third most points in a single month by any NHL defenseman in the history of the game. Paul Coffey had 29 points back in December of 1985, and Bobby Orr had 31 in the March of 1971. That is how special the captain has been for the National Predators, and he's still just four points away from tying the single-season points record for the franchise. Matthew Shane did score his 35th goal of the season, which would be a new franchise record if Philip Forsberg didn't already have 37 which means Duchesne and Forsberg are now officially having the two best goal-scoring seasons in Nashville Predators franchise history at the exact same time. All of this is, of course, after an offseason in which Duchesne was left unprotected in the expansion draft as David Poyle begged the Seattle Kraken to draft him. Tanner Janot scored his 23rd goal of the season and is just three away from tying Philip Forsberg's rookie record of 26. He already owns the Predators' modern single-season hits record as a rookie and is now closing in on 25 goals. This is officially the greatest group of forwards this franchise has ever had. Or at least, it is the greatest offensive season this franchise has ever had. Which leaves only one question. With all of these offensive records being broken, a Norris Trophy frontrunner as their captain, and a workhorse goaltender carrying them to victory, why is this Nashville Predators hockey team still scrapping and clawing to hold on to a wildcard spot in the Western Conference? You will have to tune into the Gold Standard Podcast this week as Adam Vingan and I will attempt to answer that very question. That's the Gold Standard Podcast, everywhere you get your podcast. It is Wednesday, and it's time for your Golden Nuggets, of course, on the show. The guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan from the Club and Country Podcast, had a great conversation with midfielder Sean Davis. You guys should go check that out. I could not recommend that conversation enough. It is a fantastic episode of the Club and Country Podcast, but... In the middle of that conversation, they talked a lot about the international break. Of course, the U.S. men's national team back on the pitch on Wednesday evening against Costa Rica, trying to finalize its spot in the top three in the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. That game coming up on Wednesday evening. And Sean Davis talked a little bit about the break and and why it's important for you to play well going into the break, something that Nashville SC didn't do. Especially when there's an international break, you always want to make sure that you have a strong performance before heading into that break just because you know you'll have a lot of time in between without a game to to rebound and so I think again from a results 
uh, standpoint, it was disappointing not to pick up points there. Um, but you do have to keep in mind that when you think about places like um, Real Salt Lake, it's one of the more difficult places to play in the league. And I think to, for us to have as strong of a performance as as we did, I think it gives the group um, confidence. Uh, again, we have the monkey on our back with set pieces, as I'm sure you guys know. And um, it hurts to give up. I, I mean, we trained so hard on set pieces and we put so much time into it. And now I think it's just about the players executing uh, when we're on the field. But um, all in all, to create so many good scoring chances, um, to use a, a new formation uh, that we hadn't played in a competitive game uh, so far this season and to, to have success with that, I think that's really promising as well. So, again, uh, I know I always spin things in a positive light, <laughs> but I think it gives us a certain amount of momentum heading into this next game. And um, it's really important for us to have a strong performance then. That was Sean Davis, midfielder for Nashville SC, newly acquired midfielder for Nashville SC. A very long conversation, really interesting, thoughtful conversation with Sean from the guys, Wes Bowling, Tim Sullivan, over at the Club and Country podcast this week. So go check that out. And you soccer fans, you're not going to want to miss this. A long conversation with Ian Eyre, the president of the club. He will be on Lamestream Sports with myself and Steve Cavendish coming up later on this week as well. So a lot of good stuff. So make sure you're checking out those shows. That's the Club and Country podcast covering Nashville SC and Lamestream Sports talking all things sports media and business here in Nashville. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Make sure you're checking out all the other great shows across the network. Club and Country podcast covering Nashville SC. Midfielder Sean Davis on that episode this week. We've got Lamestream Sports coming up on Friday with Ian Eyre, the president of Nashville SC. We've got Fringe Element, of course, with a deep dive into the Ole Miss Rebels with Neil McCready and, and all the returning starters. So make sure you're checking out all those shows. The Gold Standard podcast as well with Adam Vingan covering the Nashville Predators. Football and other F-words, Vandy Sports, Broadway Sports Media, all the great shows across the platform. We really appreciate your support. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, March 30th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.